Hey there, Genevieve here. Welcome to Parenting Grit, faith-filled real talk about family life, the ups, the downs and everything in the middle. Hello everyone, thanks so much for joining us for Parenting Grit. I'm joined here by my husband Derek. Hi everybody, it's really good to be here. And it's really good to be here together because actually without each other we wouldn't be parents. That's very true. And we are really passionate about parenting and about family and we want to talk today about creating family culture but before we do that we thought it would be fun to introduce ourselves and ladies, it is always a good idea to just, you know, keep our husbands on our toes and ask them occasionally how long we've been married for. So, Han, how long have we been married for? Well, the number of years is the easy bit. It's when you ask what the anniversary date is. So, um, married 24 <laughs> years we have been, um, which is just under half my life. And half of my life. Half of generations. And in that 20 fanta- 24 fantastic years, we've um, we've got three... Um, amazing kids and then they're all teenagers now so we've got a daughter who's 19 a son who's 17 and a second son who is 13 so we've been parents for almost 20 years now since we found out that we're expecting our daughter and I think it's fair to say that we've learnt a lot in 20 years we've still got a lot to learn and we've also found that um Learning from others and speaking to others is a great way to learn how to do this parenting journey together. And so that's a part of what this podcast will be about. Absolutely. Like we know that we have had so many beautiful voices input into our lives and we're continuing to learn. And so we want to share some of the ideas that we have learned and some that others have learned along the way as well. So good. Yeah. And what we've realised in our 20-odd years of parenting is that every family actually has a culture or a flavour, whether that's been created intentionally or accidentally. And we found that healthy family culture is actually created. It doesn't just happen. Hey, hun. Absolutely. And yeah, that's so good. And um, it's really important, we believe, to set a, a family culture for a number of reasons. And we're going to unpack that a little bit tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in this session, but for us, um, creating a family culture really helps us to celebrate our family. Yeah. And for us, it was about the Hayes family and, and creating a sense in our kids that the Hayes family is the best family. Yeah, sorry not, all you other families. Yeah, not because, <laughs> not because we're better, but we want that sense of identity mm. for our kids and we want our kids to be proud of who we are as a family Yeah. and what we believe in and what our beliefs are. And it, as I said, it gives that sense of identity. It provides our kids with a sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. It comes with affirmation. And, and ultimately, creating a culture really gives that nurturing effect to our kids and something that they can come home to. And, um, you know, homes are built around culture and about the way that we go about life. It's not just a physical building. And I think that's really um, important. Yeah. And we've also found that, like, having a family culture has been a great filter for our family. It's helped us to filter our activities and any requests that come from our children or how we invest our time or our money. Um, If something comes up, 
we can filter and question, does this fit with our family culture? Is it who we are or maybe who we want to be in the future? And if it doesn't, then it's been much easier to say no to things because family culture is as much about who we are not as it is about who we are. And uh, most importantly, we also found that creating family culture makes a big picture for our family. Yeah, really good. Yeah, we're Christians and we love God, we follow Jesus, and it gets a place of setting the Lord over our family and aligning our family culture with God's nature, who he is, and a biblical framework. And in Joshua 24, 15, the message version, we see that it says, Joshua declaring, as for me and my family, we'll worship God. Yeah, so. Creating family culture is actually a biblical thing and Joshua says here his family is going to be one that worships God and we wanted that to be a part of our family and we wanted it to have some some facets of God's nature, I guess, in how we set about being parents. We will return to discussing family culture in a moment. But this segment is called Gritty Bits, where we share our parenting fails. And this is a judgment-free space. It's not going to be a heavy space. It's just going to be a light-hearted look at sometimes how we don't do our best as parents. And I'm sure we're all going to learn a few lessons as we listen to one another's parenting fails along the way. Uh, we'll hear lots of voices in this space, although I'm sure Derek and I could probably fill every podcast because we have had plenty of downs in our time as parents. This one is all about how not to tell your kids about sex. We know that normally this is a really important conversation in family life and with our first two children we were pretty intentional and I think did a fairly decent job. But for our poor third born, uh, it wasn't quite such a fun journey. In 2016, when our youngest was nine years old, I won some tickets to see a movie called Captain Fantastic. And that film's actually rated M15+. And normally before we took our kids to see any film, we would check it out, do our due diligence, make sure that we knew what the rating was and what content was going to be in the film. But I was actually going away and I thought it would be fun for the family to go and see this film uh, using these free tickets in my absence and in the busyness of getting ready to go away, I didn't actually check it out. Now Derek knows that I normally would check, so he didn't think to either. He assumed I already had. And so off he went. He ended up taking just the boys. Our eldest daughter stayed home to study and he goes to see this film. And our eldest son's actually fairly discerning. He looked around and he goes, Dad, there's no other kids here which should have been red flag number one. And then there was another couple that we knew in the audience and they were giving Derek some unusual looks about having kids there. But Derek didn't seem to notice that, even though, again, our eldest was feeling very uncomfortable, eldest son, looking around thinking these people think we're weird for being here. So the film begins and there's a scene where the dad in the film is walking around naked so there's a bit of nudity there that that's again another red flag and it just progresses to the point of being really uncomfortable when the dad in the film talks to the son in the film all about sex so there you go massive parenting fail our youngest learns about sex at the movies so 
Today we wanted to talk a little bit more about what our family culture looks like. Yeah. And there are lots of things that we could be talking about mm. um, and there are lots of facets to building a family culture and the things that we've worked on in 20 years of being parents. But, but today we really wanted to focus on three main things um, about our family culture that we hold um, uh, that we hold to be dear and, and important to us. And they focus on prayer and being having a peaceful home and creating a sense of fun. So those three things, prayer, peace and fun, yeah. is, is really three key aspects of what, what we stand for. Yeah. And I talk a lot in our family about having a peaceful home. I've always wanted our home or we've always wanted our home to be a place that's a sanctuary where we can all feel safe and relaxed and, and loved and encouraged. And we're actually going to do a series later on in some future podcasts about how to intentionally build peace into your families at different ages and stages. So we're not going to un unpack that one in a great deal this time, but we are going to focus on looking at what it means to be a prayerful family. Yeah, totally. So in the, in the context of family culture and being prayerful, you know, Genevieve and I, we're Christians and we uh, have a Christian family and we, uh, we believe in God and that, and that all that Jesus has done for us is really important to us. And so underpinning our family with, in prayer has been something that's been part of our life since we became Christians. Yeah. And so in terms of creating a culture um, and creating a positive culture in terms of prayer in our family, that became really important to us. And so demonstrating and, and having our kids see and, and relate to prayer and the way that prayer underpins what we do and, and creating that culture for our family became, is, has become really important to us. And the reality is, as parents, we need all the help we can get. Oh, boy, do we. <laughs> and we knew from the moment that we, were, we fell pregnant with Lauren that we really needed to... Um, Hold, hold this whole parenting gig up before God and yeah. really be prayerful about it and ask him for wisdom and ask him for guidance and, and ask him for practical help, you know, with people coming across our paths who have more wisdom than us. Yeah. And so being prayerful about that is something that we still hold um, to be one of our um, fundamentals of, of our family culture. Yeah. Yeah, we started praying for our children from the moment when you were expecting them and maybe a bit more me than you to begin with just because I was the one Probably. growing the babies. <laughs> Different things we're praying. That's right. But we have always prayed for our kids from the moment we knew we were expecting. We prayed for their growth. We prayed for how they'd be born. And then, of course, we prayed for that golden thing called sleep once they were born. Um, that was probably most of my prayer journal time once we had a baby. So we created a family culture from the get-go um, where we prayed for our children and then we prayed with them as soon as we could. So we started praying at bedtimes um, over, you know, cots and things like that, didn't we, Han? Absolutely. And uh, sometimes, you know, as, as, we, as the kids grew, we would include doing age-appropriate devotions and reading bedtime stories and making sure that prayer was always a part of our bedtime routine for our kids and we'd pray at mealtimes. We just wanted to make prayer such a normal part of life. We wanted our kids to know that we belong to God and that talking to God is a really natural and normal thing. Yeah, I think also um, as a part of that, um, 
teaching your kids to pray and being a, being an active part of that. Um, while they're little, you know, it's about the parents praying for the kids. But yeah. I think there comes a point where, you know, getting your kids actively involved in being a part of the prayer culture of your family is really good. And I remember once something that we heard from um, our fellow parents um, at the time about this idea of the teaspoon prayer. So uh-huh. the abbreviation for teaspoon in a cooking recipe, TSP, simply standing for the T stands for thank you, God, the S stands for sorry, God, and the P stands for please God. Yeah. And if you actually apply that in and teach your children when they're young to apply that in their prayer life, it actually aligns very much with the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. And it's a really simple and easy way to get your kids involved in praying and, and not having to prompt them so much in that and, and learning um, how to pray. Yeah. And we had some really cute versions of what they were thankful for or what they were sorry for yeah, totally. <laughs> along the way. So that was fun. And as our kids have grown older, um, we've always wanted to have prayer in our life, but I actually realised at one point that perhaps we weren't being prayerful enough. We were having um, some pretty cranky mornings getting to school and no matter how organised and how planned we were in a natural sense, uh, I was dropping kids off in a bad mood and we would have had perhaps some fairly robust conversations in the car about you know whatever had gone wrong in the morning. So we kind of took a big step back and decided, okay, enough's enough. So we would still rush to get ready for school, but as soon as we were all in the car, we would stop, pause, refocus, and we would pray for our day, even before we started the engine of the car. And we would ask God to bless our day. And then as we drove off, we would encourage the kids to pray for one another and pray for the the things that might be happening in that day. And it just made such a massive difference to how the day started for all of us, really. And we still do that even now with our boys. They're in high school, but we still pray in the car on the way to school, whether Derek's dropping them off or whether I am. Yeah, that's really good. And I think also um, a big part of our culture has been built around making prayer a natural part of our everyday. Mm, Yeah. On the way to school, as Genevieve just said, but also for Genevieve and I, carving out um, new space for us to pray for our family as they've gotten older. Mm. And I must admit, as your kids get older and into the teenage years, it does feel um, harder sometimes than even when they were young to carve out time alone to um, talk and pray. And so we now, every morning, we walk our dog, our beautiful dog, every every day around um, the park parks around our house. And we take that time to pray and yeah. really focus on what are the things that are affecting our kids and what are the things that we want um, for our family in the in the week ahead, in the months ahead, what's challenging our kids right now in school mm-hmm. and in friendship groups. And we, we really focus on praying about that. And when we come back to the home, having done that, we talk about the fact that we've been praying about this and we've been praying about that and it's prompted this thought and we talk to our kids about yeah. various things that we've been praying about in the morning so they can see that there is a, a natural segue between praying and then just having that as your life in your life that can then prompt conversation and, and they feel supported and, and loved through that process. Yeah, yeah, it really does help. And I think just um, is a natural thing that we've decided to do and you know as we walk along you know sometimes we'll just be talking and then one of us will start praying so it's not like a formalized thing it's just we realize that we want God to be in those walks and and we pray and talk to him as we do. Absolutely. 
And we've always, as a couple, had um, a foundation of prayer, particularly when it comes to making big decisions. And a couple of years ago, we moved house and we, Derek and I prayed hard about that. And we talked to our kids about the fact that we were praying about that at the time as well. They saw our decision-making process and heard us talking about prayer amidst it. And we wanted to sort of model that as an, as an example, I suppose, that you know, we don't have to make these big life decisions on our own, that God yeah. has plans for us, totally. has a purpose for us, and that, you know, we need to seek him in that decision space. And recently um, our eldest son had saved money and wanted to purchase his first car, which was really super exciting. Absolutely. And uh, we, of course, helped him with that in terms of driving him around to have a look at some cars. And, oh, my gosh, we met some very dodgy people. Gumtree is an interesting place. Oh, my gosh. And we saw some very dodgy cars, including one that I was pretty sure had been perhaps stolen. So it came to a point where we realised that, you know, not only was there the practical of, of going out and looking for cars, but that this was a great opportunity to make prayer, again, more normal in our family culture, in our decision-making. And so we got really specific. We asked our son, you know, what kind of car he wanted, what was in his budget, and he'd narrowed down exactly what he wanted, a model, etc. So we just got really specific in prayer and we included him in that and it came about that the more specific we got, the more specific the answer was. And it came about that we found this great car for him and uh, it's actually a beautiful car and it was a reputable seller and it's got no problems. So it was such a specific answer and really built his faith and our faith and reinforced that, you know, prayer is just such a great answer to any of life's kind of problems in that way. And it was, it was good for us all, I think. And, look, it's a great fun car to drive. It's manual. It really is. I'm enjoying dusting totally. off my manual driving skills. I think I've got a bit of envy as well. <laughs> Very good. And I think, um, you know, also out of that process, uh, um, we have been able to really um, show our kids that we are for them and yeah. through praying for them in these big life decisions that they make, they have seen that we've really been standing alongside them and, and being actively trying to uh, point them in the right direction, prayerfully, but also mm. practically as well. Yeah. Thank you for listening and for joining us on this very first Parenting Grit podcast. We'll be back in a fortnight's time. And in the meantime, jump onto our Facebook page, give us a like, leave a comment and let us know what topics you would be interested in hearing on Parenting Grit.